This is professional sports handicapper Fairway J, and you're listening to the Vegas Sports Zone Weekly Handicapping Podcast. Welcome back to another edition of the NFL Handicapping and Betting Podcast. This is Fairway Jane. It's week 13 of the NFL season. It's Thanksgiving week, and it's also college football rivalry week, and I'm working endless hours to provide write-ups and winners this week, so be sure to check the website, VegasSportsZone.com. I plan on having a number of college rivalry write-ups, and of course, we've got the Thursday, three Thursday games in Thanksgiving action in the NFL, and we're off a winning week in NFL points bet prognosis including a 4-1 week on our top-rated plays. We had all those 15-star, one-and-a-half-unit big drive plays this week. We went 4-1. We culminated it with a San Francisco 49ers Monday night winner, 27-6 victory over the Redskins. And clients got that early at the best number, 4-4.5. Four, four it didn't matter, but the line moved up. And I provided you know, those fairway followers um, that free write-up on the website with the analysis. This week it was a top play for free and I hope you enjoyed that and took advantage. Again, you can register for free as a member and every week just log into the site for free daily plays. I provide on Monday, Thursday, Friday, college football and NFL free plays. I have additional posts and tweets I send out for betting recommendations and this week again I plan on having even more with all the college rivalry going on. It's a great week with um, family, friends and food and Thanksgiving feast. And uh, look forward to it as this is always one of the most popular weeks for uh, betting. And, of course, this week I'm going to have a special offer. And let's talk about last week's members who took advantage of the guarantee offer. They fared quite well as our fairway forecast produced a winning week and plenty of profit overall. And listen to these numbers and winning results again. And I hope you take advantage and get on this week and moving forward. Last week, members who joined for just one week at $89 were rewarded with an overall winning week in football. Four and one top plays on the NFL. We went just one and two on the top plays in college football, but we did hit our only 20-star Big Bird, the top-rated football play of the week on SMU. And um, we continue to produce profits, and the biggest money maker through the season on a daily basis is college basketball. And all we did this past week was go seven and two the past six days, three and one on top plays. That's our big drives, one and a half units, and Big Bird is a two-unit plays. 1-0 on our only 20-star Big Bertha of the week, an outright underdog winner in college basketball. And in fact, our only college basketball loser of those 7-2 um, run was a 1.8 ATS loser in which our underdog covered for over 39 minutes of the 40-minute game, and we lost in the final five seconds. But those things happen more often than not, more often than we care for over the course of a long season. And what I project to be over 200 college basketball plays this season I'll put out through the Final Four. You want to make money, now's the time to do it in college basketball. And in the NBA, both basketball in college and pro were hitting over 62% in both year-to-date. We nailed our 20-star Big Bertha winner last night on the Portland Trailblazers. That was on Monday, our first 20-star release of the NBA season. We've had almost 30 plays, and we're again hitting over 62% year-to-date. College basketball, let's get more winners going. Um, this past week, the past seven days in the NBA, we're 8-4. and four. Now, the past 12 days, again, I can't stress enough. I hope you take advantage. If you don't like all that winning and all that money, and uh, I'm going to give you these numbers because I'm a lot, a lot of high volume, uh, just sign up for the top plays, and you'll, you'll get plenty of winners and plenty of action because let me run this by you. Since November 15th, the past 11 days, we're 43 and 23, 65% winners. We're up over 20 units of profit in two weeks. Again, if 
you don't like making that much money and you don't like that many plays, come sign up for the Top Play Club, $39, one week. Can't beat it. Best value in the sports industry, and I hope you'll take advantage. Now, it's Thanksgiving week, and I not only want to thank you for listening to the weekly podcast, but wish you a healthy, and ha- healthy, happy, and fulfilling Thanksgiving weekend. And it's a time of year we want to give to others and also give thanks. It's time to be with friends, family, of course, enjoy the football. It's rivalry weekend, college football. It's one of the biggest weeks of the season. And if I can stay on course and continue the endless hours of research, writing, and handicapping in pursuit of profit, I'll complete some rivalry write-ups for you this weekend to enjoy, enjoy and hopefully make plenty of profit. I'll post them on the websites. It's my way of giving thanks and helping others enjoy the games and profit from the experience. It's also an emotional time of the year, and I know all about letdowns, emotions, personal heartache, and setbacks. I've experienced more than many of you would know. But those that keep the faith and believe in what they're doing and work with passion and on the things they enjoy and do it with discipline and dedication often come out with rewards. We end up getting the green more often than we're in the rough. Let's keep moving forward, pushing to the finish line the end of the year. It's a great time with all the football playoffs pushing towards NFL action and as well as the college bowls. We've got title games, rivalry games, and this week it's time to give back for all of the free stuff I've been providing. I'm going to offer a promotion to help you in your pursuit of profit this week only. You must sign up by Thursday at 9 a.m. Pacific. That's before the Thanksgiving Day kickoffs. And when you sign up for the Top Play Club for just $39 this week, the next seven days you'll receive, through Tuesday, December 3rd, all of my top plays in all four sports, that's the NFL, college football, college basketball, NBA, along with full card club membership privileges. You'll receive all of my top-rated plays and opinions for just $39. And listen up. I have clients who bet thousands and tens of thousands of dollars on games, and they pay me a pittance to make them money. I have text messages and pictures to prove it. Some pay me a percentage of their win, but for the most part, I provide a straight service and try to keep it affordable for the average better. If you win, I win. So this week's special $39 offer is my turkey treat to you, and I hope we knock the stuffing out of the bookmaker again this week. And keep in mind, these big rivalry games last year, Oh, Miss, our rivalry game of the year winner. No sweat. We had a huge week in rivalry. I hope you'll take advantage this week. Any questions or comments, you can reach me directly at fairwayj at gmail.com. And if you missed the promotion or are listening on Friday or Saturday, it's no worries. You'll get all the top plays, all sports, and there will be plenty for just $39 for a full week from whenever you sign up this week. All right, let's take a quick break. Again, this is Fairway J. We'll be right back with the Vegas Sports Zone Week 13 NFL Handicapping and Embedding Podcast. Okay, Week 13 kicks off on Thursday, November 28th, Thanksgiving Day. We've got three games, and let's start at the top. Early in kickoff is Game 303. Green Bay visits Detroit, and this is a big game in the NFC North as the Lions are holding holding tight and holding on to the division lead. They're a six-point favorite. Actually, we're seeing five-and-a-halves pop here. 49 and a half the total. And uh, those of you that had Detroit, in fact, I recommended a teaser play on the Lions last week, and God, did that turn upside down on us. But again, you can't overcome the turnovers. Now, just comment on that. The Lions obviously dominated this game statistically against the Bucks last week. Tampa Bay had just 229 yards offense and 4.7 yards per play and 10 first downs. The Lions outrush them 104 to 22. You know how that's supposed to work out. Better than 76% chance of winning. But it didn't because Detroit had five turnovers. 
Just no turnovers for the Bucks. They get the outright win. And I expect a big bounce back from Detroit this week, even though you go to the history here. Detroit's trying to break a nine-game Thanksgiving losing streak. They've been dominated by Green Bay as well, losing 15 of the past 16 meetings while going 4-12 and against the spread. But now look at Green Bay. 0-3-1 against the number. They haven't been able to win without quarterback Aaron Rodgers. So you'll see Scott Tolzien step up here. I don't think it's going to be enough. In fact, I think Detroit... This team has blown games at home. We now saw it against Tampa Bay. We saw it against Cincinnati. This team should clearly be pulling away from the division, and I still expect them to win this division. And despite all the negative ATS situations and the history of this rivalry, I believe Detroit can get this win, and I think they're going to put their best foot forward this week. Got some statistical things that point to a big margin in yards overall yards in this game. As mentioned, it's difficult when, you, when teams find ways to lose instead of win like the Lions have been doing here, including at home and, and certainly the history here on Thanksgiving. But I've got to look Detroit's way. Their, their ground game is much better. And while I think uh, the Packers are going to rely heavily on their ground game this week with Lacey and Tolsey at quarterback, I thought this number might come a little lower. But even at six or less, again, let me give you this number to you. I'm not going to give you the exact ATS situation, but it's over 120 games now this season. When you have a line, a competitive line of six or less points in an NFL game, the straight-up winner covers the spread better than 90% of the time this year. Historically, it's over 85%. What that means is if you're laying three and a half or you're getting caught up and getting the hook, and believe me, I believe in getting the best number. Last night, you wanted to get four, four and a half in San Francisco. went to four and a half and then up. You didn't get the best number if you bet it late, but it didn't matter because teams that win these competitive line games cover the spread better than 90% of the time. So when the when the underdogs win is a six-point underdog or a three-point underdog or you know, four and a half point underdog. Many times they went outright, so it's always good to play these underdogs on the money line. So if you like Green Bay this week, I'd suggest a little portion of your bet on the on the money line. But I like Detroit this week. I'm going to have them in teasers again this week against Green Bay, who I really like the Packers early in the season. But you see the struggles without Rodgers. Let's look at the the Lions to open up Thanksgiving Day with a big win. Game 305 on Thanksgiving Day. The Oakland Raiders travel to Dallas to take on the Cowboys. Dallas laying nine, nine and a half. In many places, totals 46 and a half. And almost every week I talk about the Cowboys and their lack of running game. And in fact, no, only one team runs the ball less times per game than the Dallas Cowboys. That's Atlanta. Dallas runs it 20 times per game. And I think many of you know how I utilize rushing guidelines and talk about it's not only important to be able to run the ball for yards, but it's equally important or maybe more so on how many times you run the ball because that tells you you're putting people off the line of scrimmage, you're controlling the point of attack. And yet for some reason I'm still enamored with this Dallas Cowboys team. Played them often, had them last week. We did get the winner against the Giants. But um, let's talk about the, the, the statistical guidelines and then I'll go into why this is such a terrible situational spot for the Oakland Raiders this week. Um the last time Dallas was at home, um, they played Minnesota Vikings, who have a similar running game, obviously the best back with Adrian Peterson. But they, uh, the, the, the Cowboys had to rally late in the final minute to get the win over Minnesota. That game, they only ran the ball nine times against the Vikings and had to pull out a win as a similar line favorite, nine and a half, ten points. That was the last time Dallas was at home on November 3rd. Now they return here against a team that runs the ball for over 140 yards per game. We're not sure who the quarterback's going to be for Oakland. I think Terrell Pryor may be able to go here. He was 
possible to play last week if needed. But uh, regardless, he gives them the running dimension they'll need to potentially have and stay competitive in this game. But we know that Terrell Pryor still, his reads are poor, his footwork. You know, there's just no, there's just no time and consistency in the passing game with Oakland when he's at quarterback. It's scramble, it's try to find a guy, it's not good. But, uh, you know, his running dimension gives him real, real uh, potential. But Matt McGloin, a quarterback, probably makes his third start here. And the rookie, remember, this is an undrafted rookie, and he's going to go back-to-back road games now. And, and Oakland is going to go to another road game here. His first one was on the road last week. We had a top play winner with Tennessee as they pull out a late win over Oakland. But now it just doesn't get much worse as far as a spot in a situation. And this is one of the worst of the season. This is Oakland's third road game in four weeks, third game in 11 days. And, uh, Again, likely an undrafted rookie at quarterback unless Terrell Pryor goes. You want to check the status, but regardless, I can uh, really only look Dallas's way. I think with that momentum win last week on the road against the Giants coming off their bye, they're still, they're still going to be progressed here. And let's talk about the motivation. They're tied with the Philadelphia Eagles at 6-5 and five on top of this division. Neither of these teams are going to get the wild card. So this is a big game in terms of where they sit for the playoff position. I think they're going to win this game pretty handily. Um, can they get it by doubles? And I think, again, if they get Oakland behind, Rashard Jennings doing a real nice job in place of McFadden. And McFadden's likely to come back this week. So they're going to have a solid running game, but I don't think they're going to be able to play from behind here with success. Dallas's defense with Lee and showing strength, I think once they get them one-dimensional, they have success here. I look at some of the projected yardage differentials here while I have Oakland maybe out rushing, rushing this team at 30 yards and rarely will I step in I still like the situational spot we have to always evaluate that along with the passing game success Dallas plus 11 turnovers this year they've got tremendous special teams you've actually seen uh, the kicker for Sebastian Janikowski missing more than his share this year I think he's missed seven kicks unusual for him I like Dallas on Thanksgiving Day as well game 307 Division game in the AFC North, Pittsburgh. Where do they come from after a horrible start? They're on the road here at Baltimore. Ravens laying three, 40, 40 and a half to total. Many of you that listen regularly know I've been fading the Ravens often. This team, just week after week, they find ways with limited yardage to either pull out spread covers or wins. And I... Again, I'm not trying to find the right team to just pummel them, but I can't seem to get the, the best situation here. Um, remember going all the way back to when Green Bay just destroyed them in Baltimore and uh, covered the number late, but if you're betting it Friday, Saturday, it was two and a half, and in comes Baltimore on a fourth and 20, backdoors it. This team's finding ways, but they still don't have the running game. Ray Rice has been slowed throughout the season, and he's likely to be even against a not-as-strong Pittsburgh defense here. But boy, have the Steelers come on in recent weeks. And now last week they go to Cleveland in a game I I thought the the Browns would come real strong. They still show their series dominance. And look here, the Steelers 5-6. and They're probably not going to catch the Bengals in the division, although it's possible, but not likely. But the wild card, it's a terrible, terrible AFC conference this year, I think. And you've got the Jets, the Dolphins, the Steelers, the Ravens, the Titans, and the Chargers all battling and tied for the second wild card spot. They're not going to catch the Chiefs, the Broncos for it, but uh, man, everyone. So these games become big. I don't really have an opinion and a strong one yet on this game. 
because I have to look really at the injury situation statistically. It's hard for me to back Baltimore as a favorite, um, but Pittsburgh's been real bad. Yet, in terms of current form, they're much better. They're playing real good ball, at least. Uh, I, I should say they're playing better ball. They're still not uh, up to snuff defensively, and the Patriots showed that when they exploited them in the passing game. If Flacco can get some receivers and have some protection, I think he can have some success. I looked at the weather again in all of the areas. Right now, those East Coast listeners that are listening on Tuesday know that the East Coast is being bombarded. It's raining and heavy tonight. Tuesday through Wednesday in a lot of places, including Baltimore. But game time Thursday, probably mid-30s, partly cloudy. But there should be some winds in excess of 15 miles an hour. Potentially look at the total here under. But I just, again, neither of these defenses are as strong as years past. And uh, I think both quarterbacks know that their strength is going to be to put the ball in the air if the, if the weather cooperates. So we'll see where this comes game time. Tough game to call for me, but plenty of motivation for both teams. Okay, top of the card on Sunday, December 1st. 425, the Tennessee Titans in a re quick rematch and turnaround. Visit Indianapolis to take on the Colts at the Dome. Indianapolis land four, 44 and a half the total. We had the Titans the first time around. We took three. We got the push, but that line came down as well. Uh, Indianapolis backers should have won if they bet in the first time. But this Colts team, obviously, again, it's not so much as when you play teams, or excuse me, it's not so much as the, 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 the uh, matchups of uh, the stats of Broadway oftentimes it's when you play teams. And right now the Colts are finding out that it's been a little tougher in recent weeks. They're seven and four, still two games clear in the division over these Titans. And um, they're three and two at home, that being Indianapolis. But recent weeks, we've seen some struggles out in Indianapolis. Now losing 40 to 11. It just dominated last week by their old coach Arians for Arizona. Um, again, Fell way behind early against Tennessee, battled back and beat them 30-27 the week before. But recall the week prior to that, 38-8, blown out of St. Louis. And yet this team, the Colts, has shown they can play and beat the best. They've beaten Denver. They've beaten Seattle as they were out game there. Um, and they went to San Francisco with a real impressive win early in the year. So we know they're capable, and that's because Andrew Lux quickly developing into one of the premier quarterbacks in the league. And uh, – I have to look at the ground game. When we evaluate that, I give the Titans a little edge. Johnson's got the speed, I think, to get to the outside end, break some runs here. I think there'll be plenty of motivation here. Um, remember, Tennessee right now would be in the playoffs. They would win all the tiebreakers. There's plenty to play for. They showed late last week getting our top play winner that they can do it on the road. Now they're going to go back-to-back. -back. Um, they might be without um, – some key players, but one person that could be missing this week for Indianapolis that will be key to this game is quarterback Vontae Davis. You want to check his check his status. Um, Indianapolis has been lacking the run game. Clearly, the trade for Richardson hasn't worked out. Brown's going to have to carry more of the load. I think Tennessee is healthier. Fitzpatrick's playing well at quarterback. Probably looking at the underdog this week in Indianapolis. Game 427, another quick turnaround and rematch. The Denver Broncos visit Kansas City where the Broncos are laying four, four and a half in places, get the best number, project where it might go, 48 and a half the total. Last week we had the Broncos on the Sunday night game. In fact, I didn't even watch much of the second half. 24 nothing at halftime in New England. Who would have thought, who could have imagined this Denver Bronco team blowing a 24 nothing lead and let alone lose the game? That's what happened. You saw the punt return, another bad break for us. Um, 
no regrets. 280 yards rushing for Denver, and they lose the game. That that just doesn't that just rarely happens. I shouldn't say it doesn't happen because it did. But uh, I think they bounce back here again. I, I I just you look at again what's happened now the last two weeks. This this Kansas City defense. I talked about it on these podcasts. They had faced week after week quarterbacks, backup quarterbacks, subpar quarterbacks, poor quarterbacks, and now the last two weeks they faced uh, Peyton Manning and Phillip Rivers, who shredded them last week at home in Arrowhead. And now we're seeing some injuries start to come to the forefront for the Chiefs. So let's look at the weather. Mid-40s projected, mostly cloudy, light winds, less than 7 miles per hour. I think we're going to see scoring here. It has to be. With Kansas City getting torn apart last week, I think Denver comes strong. All the talk's been about Peyton Manning and his poor record and and the weather under certain degrees. It's not going to be under that certain degrees of freezing this week. There's going to be light winds. It's going to be outdoors, but I still expect Manning to throw for 300-plus this week. Kansas City been getting by, plus 13, leading the league in turnover margin. They're going to need many of that, I think, again, to pull it off this week. The special teams edge doesn't get talked about enough. Clearly goes to Denver in this matchup, despite the blunder play last week on the punt. In uh, overtime that cost them the game, let's back Denver again to bounce back. Even in a tough environment, Arrowhead, where many years and seasons you see Kansas City perform well in this underdog role at home. I think they're still the inferior team, and both teams 9-2 and two in the division. This is a big game, especially for um, Denver. They win here. They not only open up the lead, but they'll have won to both games and pretty much be on their way to uh, – having the division in hand. I like the Broncos this week back on the road. Game 429, the Jacksonville Jaguars travel to Cleveland. The Browns land seven. <laughs> yes, this offense lands seven points, 40 and a half the total. The Jaguars playing a little better. Their offense still the worst in the league. But they showed last week they get a road win as a 10-point underdog. That's how messed up the uh, Houston Texans are. And, and despite the stat profiles that show the Texans going into that game, we're outgaining opponents by over a thousand yards. <laughs> Number two in the league, yet they're two and eight straight up and against the spread. Well, they're two and nine straight up against the spread now as the Jaguars get the win. And I like Chad Henney. I always thought Chad Henney could play in this league and he's getting the opportunity and he's not the reason why the Jaguars are losing. The guys that I think had seven straight games of at least 60% completions. He was much better last week. He's still playing without Justin Blackman at wide receiver. There's been little running game. So Henny, I don't even watch him that much every week, but I just know statistically he's putting up good enough numbers. They just don't have the personnel to match up. And this week, now they go against the top-tier defense of the Browns. But, God, what happened to Cleveland last week? Other than turnovers, we know how that works out. But Jason Campbell gets injured. He goes out. That certainly didn't help. Whedon comes in, and he's a disaster. So we want to check the quarterback status. I, I can't imagine I'll be laying seven with Cleveland with Brandon Whedon at quarterback, even against the Jaguars. Probably have to look their way. Had opinion winner on the Jaguars last week, and we may have to look that way again because Cleveland, again, four turnovers to none for the Steelers last week. They couldn't get the round game going. They only ran it 16 times. Even with Whedon in the lineup coming off the bench, they, they couldn't get to the ground game enough. They'll go to it more this week. This is an ugly game, I know, but someone's going to win, and someone's going to win and cover the spread. Believe it or not, the Valley's with the Jaguars in the line. I just have to take a closer look at this one. If I were to project where this goes, I don't see either team being able to eclipse maybe 85, 90 yards at the top end. So it's going to come down to which quarterback can make the plays in the passing game. Well, I've already told you who I like, Chad Henney over Whedon, and we'll see where Jason Campbell sits and if they do something else this week. 
So the Browns probably not looking real good laying seven with some struggles, but um, they're not out of it totally with this playoff picture in the AFC. So they'll become what's better. Jaguars starting to come around. Game 431, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers suddenly winning a little winning streak here. Travel to Carolina against the Panthers. Eight. Carolina's laying at home here, 41 and a half. Nice comeback in a tough spot last week for Carolina. We had an under the total winner. It was a top player, top total of the week last week. We get it done in that game at Miami. They return home here against the Bucks team. Well, I told you last week how poor the Bucks did in terms of stats at Detroit. They only had 10 first downs. 22 times they ran the ball for 24 yards at Detroit. How do you think they're going to do against this defense and the top-tier linebackers and the sideline-to-sideline play of Carolina's linebackers and their front front, uh, four here? They're not going to have much success, so I have to look Carolina's way, even land over a touchdown here because I expect Carolina to have the line of scrimmage, the better running game, and put up the points. So I'm immediately, when I look at, don't have a quarterback that I can rely on the underdog role, I'm immediately looking when I expect a run differential like I anticipate to look at Carolina's side. Now, can Cam Newton come back? He's been playing well, not turning the ball over. He's been making better decisions, better reads. Doesn't have a real good wide receiving core other than Steve Smith, who again last week makes the clutch fourth down reception to keep the winning drive alive. And I expect him to have a solid game. Not a lot of yards projected. Both these teams, you know how bad the Bucks have been. They're still plus 10 in turnovers. Same as Carolina, some of the best in the league. We don't have real good special teams in this matchup. But this comes down to point of attack play. And while I don't expect Carolina to run wild here, I think they can get maybe 120. 110 will probably be enough to get us the margin difference we look for in terms of being able to have a solid chance to cover the spread. Now, I talk often. These teams that run the ball more than 30 yards per game better than the opponent in the game, at least 30 yards differential. It's had a losing week combined the last two weeks. Last week, just 5-5. Five and five. So a, ru- a rushing guideline is not panning out as projected. But in a matchup like this, where it's clearly going to come down to point of attack play and the better quarterback situation, you got to look at the all-rookie backfield at running back and quarterback for the Bucks on the road. Very tough defense environment. Let's back the Carolina Panthers. They bounced back after losing for the first time in six weeks against the spread last week. They kept their winning streak alive, though. There's still plenty to play for. They're pushing for a division title, still on top and on the heels of the New Orleans Saints. I think they get a lower scoring win, but a margin win this week. Game 433, the Chicago Bears travel up to the Dome in Minneapolis. Thank goodness that one's not outside, wouldn't you say? The Vikes land one. 49 the total. For those that listened to the podcast last week, you know how I pointed out some real disaster rushing numbers the previous four weeks for Chicago. And all we did was step in with the St. Louis Rams as a top playing winner last week. What did they do to the Bears defense? They shredded them. 258 yards rushing on 29 carries. Do the math, guys. That's uh, tearing it through it better than eight yards a clip on the ground. How do you think the Vikes and the best running back in the league are going to do this week? Well, Adrian Peterson and the Vikes line licking their chops to get back at the Bears. Um, and I think the Vikes can get this win. Everyone knows they listen regularly. I think the Vikings coaching staff is mostly clueless. I think they make bad adjustments for personnel. Their defense has been playing poorly. But in this matchup, at the line of scrimmage, they have the better of it. And when you're talking about redemption in a division game and the few wins the Vikes can get, they're 2-8-1. They go to Green Bay last week and battle them to the end. They blow a 23-7 fourth quarter lead. They go to overtime and have to settle for a tie, but they get the money as an underdog last week at Green Bay. 
the week before they actually played statistically better and, and pretty pretty even against Seattle. Got blown out 41-20 on the scoreboard, but it was better. They're showing better signs. Ponder, for all the ripping he gets, is actually playing pretty well. Not terrific, but not great, but good enough. And this week, that's all they need against this Bears team, I think, who's got all sorts of problems defensively. Who's going to lead them at quarterback? Are they going to have enough success through the air? Yes, yes. Indoors, probably higher scoring. Don't be surprised to see this one get into the mid-50s. So do we play the over? Well, they are subpar quarterbacks overall, and you have to consider that. And when you consider the Vikes are going to pound the ball over and over with Peterson in this game until they wear this team out, you have to consider that. Minnesota lost up in Chicago or I should say down in the Windy City from Minneapolis. They lost to Chicago 31-30 back in mid-September mid in a game they really could have had and really should have had. I think they get their redemption this week. The Bears falling off in the, in the NFC North. I like the coaching staff, what they're doing, but just too many injuries and too many problems on the defensive side of the ball. 435, how about the surprising Arizona Cardinals? 7-4 and four now traveling to 6-5 and five Philadelphia. This is a key game. The Eagles are laying 348.5. This could have potential wildcard ramifications if Philadelphia were to win here in the tiebreaker scheme. And uh, right now, the Arizona Cardinals would be in the playoffs. I don't think many would have projected that. I thought they'd be better this year, but I didn't expect this. And clearly, I don't think... Anyone could have expected the margin win you saw last week against Arizona at home. So not only is Arizona 7-4, and four, but they're 7-4 and four against the spread. Their stats going into last week were almost dead even as far as points for, points against, but they extend them last week with a big margin win. Now, this week, the Eagles come off the bye. Plenty motivated, tied with Dallas for first place. And while the better defense clearly lies with Arizona, the running game, you can make a case now. Arizona's running game is better. It's been coming along, but I still have to give the edge to the Eagles, and I project them to have over a 30-yard edge, even with Arizona's solid defense potentially slowing them down. I don't think it, and you're going to hear a lot about the stats and the ATS situations. Remember, the Eagles had lost, I think it was 10 straight games at home until they finally broke through against Washington last game, and that was their first cover at home going back in two-plus seasons. The fans at Philly had to be going crazy. Lincoln Financial is going to be real lively this week. And a warm-weather team traveling east in weather conditions that are right now, again, Tuesday night, the people are going to be listening to this, and again to Wednesdays, it's raining in Philadelphia. Heavy rain tonight, I think, expected. 30% chance of rain on Sunday, mid-40s temps, cloudy, light winds, but I still think the ground attack in this game gets back to not the levels of um, the early rushing numbers of Philadelphia, but enough success here to have a win for the Eagles. Subpar special teams, they probably make some improvement there this week during the bye week. The situation favors them. I think we look to the Eagles this week to get the home win. Okay, game 437, the last game on the morning card, Miami travels to East Rutherford, MetLife Stadium to take on the New York Jets. The Jets land one and a half, 38 and a half. We've talked many times this quarterback situation's bad for the Jets. Geno Smith, mistake waiting to have happened. Clearly on the road, I'm staying away from this team and maybe look to more unders. But at home, I'm, I think we have reason to support them. Is it enough here? Well, I think the running guidelines are going to pan out in this game as well. I do see the Jets with a solid running edge here. And I think Miami, for all they've been done, 
last week's loss with all the scandal that had gone on and the game or two where they stepped up seemingly pretty well with the loss of their offensive linemen and all the disruption in the incognito situation. Last week's loss against a physical Carolina Panthers defense. They lose it at the end at home. That has to take a lot out of them. This, to me, would be a very strong play this week. One of the strongest I'd have in the NFL this season, if not for rookie quarterback Geno Smith. I can't trust him, but I do believe that they're going to grind out a big game on the ground here and uh, have enough to slow. Well, they're going to slow down this Miami team who's just, again, no offensive line strength with the situation surrounding them. Now they got to go on the road after getting beaten up physically and it just sets up poorly. So I think this is a real cheap lie here um, for the Jets. Geno Smith's not going to have to do much here through the air. And they're not going to put him in a position where he has to pass. Let's remember this. This Jets team with Geno Smith going before their bye week, the first week of November, they beat the New Orleans Saints here at home 26-20, and they ran over them. They also beat New England in overtime on this field. Pittsburgh they lost to. Of course, Smith had struggles, troubles with turnovers. They beat Buffalo at home. Different team at home. They'll grind it out on the ground, have a big edge. The Jets win at home this week and stay in the ugly playoff picture that is the AFC. Okay, first game on the late-day card after you got your early game winners in. Let's go to Buffalo for the Atlanta Falcons. Trying to make the biggest turnaround from most wins to most losses in NFL history. They go to Buffalo, and the Bills are laying just three at home, 46 to total. Let's go over the weather here. Up in northern New York, we're going to have snow here Tuesday through Wednesday. By game time on Sunday, we're looking at mid-30s temps, about a 30% chance of precipitation, winds in excess of 12 miles an hour, all favorable for the Buffalo Bills. Young rookie quarterbacks struggle up in this environment. That's not the case for Atlanta with Matt Ryan, who's still, you know, he's doing his part. He's trying to play and doing a decent job without the wide receivers that have been injured and Julio Jones and White not playing his best. And most importantly for Atlanta, they're minus 14 in the turnover column this season. It's a disaster year for the Falcons. No way around it. More importantly, in terms of handicapping what I do, Dirk Cutter, the offensive coordinator, whether it's injuries, certainly been a part, or just him not wanting to give up the passing game, they run the ball less than any time any team in the league, 18 times a game. You just won't win in the NFL. I don't care if this has become a passing league. you got to have top-tier quarterbacks, which they do if you're going to succeed without a running game. But up in this environment, even with the quarterback situation and the rookie E.J. Manuel, who had a real solid game last week. And even with a 4-7 and seven Buffalo Bills team, i got to look their way this year. I expect the Bills to run for over 150 yards in this game and control the point of attack. The Bills get a much-needed bye to heal up, get some healthier players. The wet, nagging ankle injury of C.J. Spiller may be much better now. They've already got a decent running game. Well, better than the decent. They're top five in the... Uh, um, NFL. Toronto's finally trying to turn into a home field edge for Buffalo, and that's where this game is. I talk about Ralph Wilson. We go up to Toronto for this game, and I think despite that not being a favorable home field for them over seasons past, I think this uh, can play out positive for the Bills here. Atlanta's a disaster. Um, Got to find the right spot. Maybe in a division game down the stretch at home for them to bring forth the best effort. I don't think they get it this week. St. Louis Rams playing much better 
along both sides of the ball. This week they travel to division rival San Francisco. The Niners laying eight and a half, nine in places, 41 and a half, 42. I even see some 42 and a halfs out there. Get the best number, project where it might go. Don't expect too much weather, but we'll have some wind out in San Francisco. Remember last year, as dominant as the 49ers were last year, the Rams still beat them, and they tied them on this field in a rare tie. And uh, now you got a team that's playing much better. We used them as a top play last week. Clearly they got the running game going against the Buffalo or against the Bears defense that has been shredded. Well, now they're going to go against a top-tier unit on the defensive side of the ball, San Francisco, a top-play winner for us Monday night. they got a short week, come back home. But the Niners have still plenty to play for here. They're 7-4. and four. They're holding out now in a tie with San Francisco for the number two spot, trailing Carolina in the wild card case. But they're both right there. San Francisco needs to continue to progress. Now, against losing teams this year, San Francisco 6-0 straight up and against the spread. And clearly, the Rams qualify in that regard. They're 5-6. But the Rams are playing better. And we know that despite laying some big numbers at home, San Francisco has been very good against the spread, hitting better than 65% under Harbaugh as their head coach on this field. But I don't see a big rushing advantage here at all. In fact, this could be a pretty even game in the rushing department. So we go to the quarterback play. Who's going to be better? Kaepernick has not been very solid in the passing game. And in fact, it's been averaging going last week less than 165 passing yards per game. Are they going to have enough success to extend the margin here? The Rams, despite having a losing record, are plus 10 in the turnover column. They have the better special teams. In fact, I rank the special teams of the Rams a top five unit in the NFL. That could be play a part in this game. Use the Ram or use the 49ers and the Rams. Both, I think, play on teams in the right situations. But this week, tough call for me with this number. I think San Francisco does win this game. I think the the revenge factor and the motivation comes into play, not only for playoffs, but what happened last year. They won't overlook the Rams team, who's playing much better. But um, let's see where this goes. I I, I don't think this is going to go back up to double digits. It opened nine and a half. We're seeing it come down a little bit. Let's see where it plays out. I'll do more, a, little, a little more digging and look at the injury situations because Crabtree could return now and be ready to go for San Francisco. The defensive side of the ball physically, St. Louis clearly healthier. San Francisco without a couple players, but I think showed that they're very physical defensively. Monday night with a solid win. Let's see where it goes, and we'll evaluate this more later in the week. All right, a game that got moved up actually to early time, but in the rotation it's listed down, and that's New England and Houston. They'll kick off um, – in the early games, it's been moved. Houston is a seven and a half point home underdog to the New England Patriots. The total is 47. And you know, the contrary NFL, you gotta look and understand what happens in the NFL. And even I'm having trouble with it this year in uh, being able to step in in the right situations. Um, San Diego or, or Houston clearly is a, mostly a play play against team, but their stat profiles I've talked about were very positive going into last week until they were just destroyed. And yet New England comes off the big rally against Denver. And the whole world sees that. Now they go on the road against Houston. And they're laying over seven against the Texas team, who obviously suffered a very bad loss to the Jaguars. So in terms of where you expect the line to go, it's only going to be one way. And uh, I'm sure we're going to see the public supporting the Patriots probably better than two to one, maybe even laying this on the road. But I don't think that's the right side. Um, it might seem like it, uh, but it's not going to feel like it to me. And I think New England coming off the big 
big emotional win over uh, Denver that not only puts them in position, obviously, to easily get through this division, but now New England's sitting, instead of being 7-4 and four and tied with Indian Cincinnati, they're 8-3, and three and they got the number two seed right now if the playoffs were to start. So they do have plenty to play for coming down the stretch, but I don't like the situation here going on the road after that big game. And then the following week, I think sandwich here, Texans got to rise up at some point. There's concerns, obviously, without having Aaron Foster still in the backfield and the, the rookie quarterback. We have to see what the status is going to be with the quarterback situation. But I think situationally it's not too good for New England here. Um, again, coming off the big game, if I were to give you some stat profiles and some projections, I'd say that Houston is still going to have the better of it in the running game. And, in fact, I project that the Texans, even without top-tier running game, I expect them to have a pretty solid running game here this week, maybe over 140 yards potentially. So uh, the problems have been clearly with turnovers. They're minus 12 in the turnover column among the league's very worst. New England still benefiting plus eight in turnovers. You saw them get four, take advantage of four Denver turnovers. I don't think they work out quite as well this week. Let's uh, – Consider the Texans. I'm going to look deeper into this this week and determine. I know New England's going to be a popular teaser play, but I'd still be careful with that this week. Two more games to go. Game 445 on the Sunday card. Cincinnati travels to San Diego. The Chargers land one and a half. Get some ones in here in Vegas. Um, I actually see a two and a half out there. Chris, bookmaker, and 49, 48 and a half the total. This is obviously a key game in the AFC for a number of reasons. Um, we've talked that Cincinnati Bengals are in position in the best team in the AFC North. They've still got a comfortable lead, and I don't think there's any question this team should be winning more games. Marvin Lewis, when they get to the playoffs, they're still going to be looking for their first playoff win under Marvin Lewis. He's 0-4 in the playoffs. I just, I still don't think he gets the most out of this team. I think Mike Zimmer, the defensive coordinator, gets the most out of his defense. And they're still solid. They're five and zero at home. They're just two and four on the road. And if you want to be a top tier team and contend for a deep run or a championship run, you got to be able to win on the road. The Bengals just not getting it done. They're six four and one against the number. They're proving profitable. They should be better. This is better than a seven to four team. I think with the right coaching and adjustments and plays, quarterback um, after a slow start, you saw Dalton. Um, come around and have four consecutive, I think, real good games. He's got a top-tier receiver and A.G. Green in the outside who's clearly going to have a good game, and they're going to put the ball in the air and have success. As will Rivers, who's obviously having a top season this year. And uh, unlike uh, Marvin Lewis, who I talk about, you got to give one of the best coaching jobs of the year, despite the struggles, despite the close losses by the Chargers. McCoy's doing a great job, I think, in, in San Diego. They're still in the wild card chase, five and six. They need this game. If I had to say which coaching staff I lean to, it'd be San Diego. But I don't think they have the better team. I think the Bengals are still the better team. They have the better defense, certainly. It's going to be a tough call here. I'm going to look at this one um, deeper into the week. I do believe the Chargers running game has come around and is much better, but I think both both QBs project here to potentially put up over 240 yards passing each of them, which could point me to a higher scoring game. Let's see where it plans out. Let's look at the situations, but it's tough to back Cincinnati on the road with their struggles. They still have to go to Pittsburgh, but they do get three home games following um, this to close out the season. They get Indianapolis before they go to Pittsburgh and the Vikings and Baltimore. They can still, I think, have a chance to get the number two seed. They're going to have to win this week maybe to get it. Tough call for me 
I'll evaluate this more, but I do think there'll be plenty of scoring in this game. All right, last game on the Sunday cards, the Sunday night game. It'll get a lot of interest and a lot of betting for two losing teams. The New York Giants travel to Washington to take on the Redskins. Um, the Giants are laying one on the road, 45 and a half. I've talked before. Use a real good analysis in the Monday night matchup. You can still read that at VegasSportsZone.com about all the Washington struggles. If you watched Monday night's game, you saw a quarterback, Griffin. He was under pressure. His reads are still not good. He's not finding the open receivers. Certainly the receivers weren't getting open well Monday night. But we had an, a good winner with uh, superior defense San Francisco. The Giants defense isn't that strong. Um, the weather here right now, again, Tuesday night, it's raining in uh, – I'm recording this Tuesday during the day. Um, and Tuesday night it's going to be raining in Washington. 40% 40 degree temperatures probably Monday night, maybe in, maybe closer to freezing by game time. 20% chance of rain, light winds, cloudy. We see now Washington, you know, pro players don't quit. They might mail in a little bit at times, but in a division game like this on national TV, you're going to see a pretty good effort. These guys play for their livelihood, they play for their jobs. I I don't think teams quit. I think you know situationally you find teams and just bad kind of you know after uh, you know under any letdown situation you find them. And Washington's not in a good one here, coming off a Monday night win, but they were still at home. They're home again, and the Giants come off the game where they needed to win to have any shot at the playoffs. As bad as they started 0-6, but they lose to Dallas, and now what do they got going? And the running game is better for the Giants. It's come around, and uh, Alfred, um, Alfred Morris for the Redskins gives them the better edge here in the running game. I project Washington to have a better than 30-yard rushing edge, which probably puts me on their side, but I have some questions here about this defense. It's dreadful. Um, they're going to give up yards. Yet, Eli Manning last year, last week against Dallas couldn't get it going. It was shut down. He'll have more success this week, and he'll be forced to put it in the air often. But the turnovers will continue to be a problem for the Giants. Minus 11 in turnovers. The special teams rank among the worst in the league. All that combined to be laying points, even at Washington, I think is probably the wrong team favorite in this. I wouldn't expect Washington should be favored by much, certainly less than two, two and a half at the most. But I probably... I'm going to look their way, and I'm going to really dig deep this week into the mentality and the chemistry and that there's no finger-pointing, knowing their season is lost, but whether they'll be up for this game. But Sunday night, uh, two teams that were projected to certainly be in the mix for this uh, division, now at the bottom, both of them out of the playoff picture. That's it for the Sunday night NFL betting and handicapping podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got some good information to get you winners. We're off a four-in-one top play NFL week last week. Get on this week for the best offer. 39 bucks will get you full card club member membership privileges this week. You can't beat the offer. 43 and 23. All sports runs the past two weeks. I hope you get on for more winners this week. Thanks again for listening. This is Fairway J. Good luck and enjoy the Thanksgiving week.